You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. Hello, everyone. Just joining today on the topic of aluminum and smog and where is this coming from? You know, I'm in a good place to test these things because I'm in Los Angeles, the smog capital of America, and I've been trying to figure some things out because I know that in the summer months, uh, I'm new here, so I'm just figuring some things out, but I know that in the summer months it's worse, you know, the dry air and the heat and stagnation, and, uh, temperature changes create a stagnation, and then you have, you know, of course, the mountains and the valleys, so you get things that get stuck, the inversion layer, there's all these very interesting things about LA <laughs> uh, that keep it from being able to detoxify, and that's why the Indians, even in former times, you know, knew, they called it the Valley of Smoke, because it would just collect everything, so it may not be a healthy place to live to some degree uh, in general, um, but I think there may be also some things which are also um, added to that mix, um, which make it much worse, even when there is no technical traffic or whatever. I know cars, of course, do make it worse, but not for the same reasons as everybody would like to think. Um, I think of it as the cars make it worse because the cars are made of aluminum in a lot of their parts, even the cinder um uh, cylinder blocks, the pistons, um, all being made with aluminum now, uh, the chassis, and catalytic converters, and pipes, and so many parts are now made with aluminum, and aluminum is very volatile at, at high temperatures. So that's just the car. So I'm not attacking petrochemical gases yet, although they have a role to play too. But... Um, so this is kind of the unseen part of the smog, you know. This is something the Green Movement totally looked right over somehow, interestingly. Um, even with the high-level smog controls that we have in, in um, California, where car makers are forced to use certain types of catalytic, catalytic converters, certain types of... Um, certain types of... Um, rules and regulations about the engine and about um, oxygen and fuel intake and all these things. So, <clears throat> um, so, so that is just a different view on what the cars are doing, but without attacking um, just the standard, okay, we just need a green movement, because that's not it. Obviously, the green movement is completely over not seeing this and some of the green movement has been funded by you know this rise in aluminum parts you know because the reason that people are all going aluminum is of course to make the car lighter and so that's going to contribute to well the light the lighter cars less gas mileage uh, are more miles per gallon so then therefore you you get a better distance for the car and so you're overcoming the difficulties of of the, the increasing pressure to to um, come down on CO2, to come down on all, with all these ecological kind of green laws, which push the car makers into finding new ways to overcome that through making the car lighter. But then they end up getting in more trouble 
through the aluminum steel um, and what that does to the environment. Now, um, I was looking up an article because I couldn't find any truth on this by going through studies and stuff. Some of the studies I couldn't find what I was looking for. So um, I did find an interesting study on welding and different types of welding, metal, inert gas welding, MIG welding. And they were talking about um, aluminum uh, welding and what happens to the material and the dangers, like work hazards and stuff. Sometimes you can find good information through this channel. So um, I started looking into it and I saw that, um, you know, because one of the things we always say about the pollution, and they love to say, I guess, is it's ozone. It's ozone, and it's caused when, you know, the carbon dioxide and the weak, the holes in the ozone and the atmosphere and all of this kind of stuff is creating, you know, ozone is coming down lower and lower. But, um, I mean, that's kind of at a very junior high level of this argument, which most people are not at that level. But even at that base level, there's still people buying into that part of it. But so as we know, the low-level ozone is not coming from up on high where ozone is healthy and keeping us from, you know, radio, um, uh, ultraviolet radiation and things like that is protecting that, that, that atmosphere. So this uh, low-level ozone is coming through, it's created. It's created through the electro, um, what do you call it, the ultraviolet radiation in contact with oxygen um, and attaching itself to hydrocarbons or VOCs, which um, volatile organic compounds, to create smog, uh, photochemical smog. And so we say a lot of that smog is ozone, and there's truth to that, but when we talk about ozone, we just get lost in the ozone part of it. And we don't think, well, wait a minute, what, what is this ozone really? Why is this ozone here? And so this ozone, in my opinion, is coming from uh, many different things. But I just give you one piece that feels the most central, maybe, or at least parallel with something central. It has, you know, like part, it's a, it's a big piece of the puzzle. And that would be how the aluminum oxides, um, which do become attached to um, hydrocarbons, and these do create these little metallic platelets that are floating in the air and reflecting back the ultraviolet light and reflecting it off into many areas. And this is creating even more ozone. So this whole kind of contamination is coming through the aluminum oxide uh, in the air. And the aluminum oxide and ozone both are created, uh, according to MIG welders and their health safety um, guidelines, are created during the process of welding. So during the process of welding, the, the aluminum material, um, the ozone, not only um, are the particulates created and the aluminum oxide and things which become highly volatile, but also the ozone is created in that same moment. But the ozone can spread and it can be even far away from the site of the welding, meaning um, Oh, well, I don't mean the site. I mean like the exact place where you are welding. Um, this is going to spread and go beyond that um, circumference there where you are, just where you're standing. And, and so going beyond the distance of, for example, the particulates and other things. So these two things are created in conjunction with each other through MIG welding. And so this shows that 
um, not only does incineration now incineration you could say oh the LA and they 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 killed all the garbage incinerators they took them all out for eco laws and stuff so this doesn't work but um, so why are you saying incinerators but they didn't take away all of the uh, uh, metal uh, incinerators and smelting operations no they didn't remove those they removed all of the trash and you know where there was a way to get some sort of energy locally from that um that was pumped back into the city i remember where i used to live in in the south well near paris in france there was a um you know they set up to 20 to 30 percent of the city's heating of this small city called vitri was provided by that incineration of the garbage or whatever so there was this white cloud of smoke up there every once in a while and so I'm not saying it's amazing or good or bad or whatever, but it probably is much less toxic than what they're doing with the aluminum. So um, so those incinerators are still going. So I imagine with all the incinerators, not only in the cars, okay, we talked about the cars, that can be a source, okay? But then also um, the incinerators um, can also be a source. Um, diesel also because of what they've done to diesel, they've done so many things to the diesel to to kind of change its properties. I think there's a solution, I forget the name of the product, but they say it uses urea, so it's like a natural product that's added to the fuel injection or um, the exhaust to where it allows for this to, um, um, you know, it allows for um, it to not um, get so hot. Um, because they run so cool and so hold on let me see the the, the chemical is run is run through i'd have to look up this thing again because i'd already researched it one time and now i'm forgetting but i remember what the key element was in this uraic acid was that the selling point on it was that it was just urea and water or something but then as you got deeper and deeper into the product you found out that the urea was not simple that this was um, some sort of ammonia uh, uh, base that was being titled as urea, but it was like an industrially produced urea ammonium uh, base. And the ammonium base, once again, is going to degrade the aluminum in the chassis, in the exhaust, and in the fuel injector and everything else. And then this is going to bring that out into the air once again. So creating aluminum oxides and everything else. So... Uh, with pressure and heat and, and, and all of that. So um, I did find where I was at on it. I just, um, it took me a second because I couldn't, uh, I, it had been a while since I'd looked that up. So, because I'd, I'd talked to some truckers at a certain point and asked them what they thought about this stuff. I forget the name of the product. I mean, truckers are, uh, diesel trucks are, are obliged to put this product um, in their diesel trucks. Even if you rent like a diesel truck from like, you're moving or something in your rent, you have to put this stuff in there too. And um, um, I can't think of the name of it, but so it's at gas, well, it's at certain gas stations. So so this stuff that they're adding to this um, is actually contributing once again to this unseen pollution, um, which is destroying lungs, health, thyroid, I mean, you name it, Alzheimer. I mean, everything can be attached to aluminum from the vaccines all the way through cars and air and water and you know so that's not the only thing of course you know the, the smog is also created through photochemical synthesis of night uh, um, nitrogen and, and different types of pesticides and fertilizers and all these things which are used which 
move up into the air and then are also brushed aside through this kind of uh, combination with carbons and hydrocarbons. And, and so you also have this being a part of the smog too, along with many other factors. Um, so, um, so, so this idea that, um, you know, the only way to kind of, um, that I was able to figure this out was through this welding site. And it, and so if you think about all the aluminum smelter operations, there's probably, you know, one in every city, all these small cities everywhere, all, you know, and maybe two and, and definitely in a big city, there's, there's many. And, and then you have the, the incinerators, you have, um, industrial, um, production and factories and, and manufacturing and different places where they're converting, you know, petrochemicals into different, um, uh, different, um, what would you call that? derivatives of, uh, to be used in the petrochemical industry. So they break it, they start somewhere, and then they break it down into all these different uh, co uh, compositions to be used for everything from cosmetics down to structure to plastics to everything else. So, and these, these usually gas off a, a gas called cyanide, uh, H-E-N, I think it's called, and it's a, um, um, it's a cyanide particle which does release some cyanide gas, but uh, that's only kind of locally, but then the cyanide joins with aluminum or other particles, calcium, different things in the air, and then that creates, once again, these little uh, smog particles and particulates that we breathe in. So you have like a perfect storm here for uh, turning up what then 5G, if you add 5G and the danger that that causes to people um, and their lungs and the oxygen in the air, um, and what the 5G frequency does to oxygen in the air, but then you add to that all of this um, hypoxia uh, that's produced by the particulates and the aluminum and all these things in the air, you start to have uh, a much weaker lung function in general. Now, unless you have IQ air, air purifiers, you won't be able to get outside of this reality and, you, and even a monitor and everything else, and you have to kind of play with it. I do here because I know... Uh, that it's dangerous, and especially in certain months, to 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 not only to to do it for when you sleep, which is uh, essential all year round, but even during the day at work and everything else. If you work from home, for example, and then there's portable units. There's different ways of doing it. So, anyway, um, just wanted to put that out there because I think it's important that they don't tell you that this aluminum smelting. I mean, you could think well through that. Okay, so it could be collective greed. It could be collective saving money and using aluminum steel. And, you know, you could say, well, it's more expensive. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a price advantage to, to, to these cars because of the lighter. They're lighter. There's less gas mileage. There's less pressure from these industries to stop all these carbon emissions, et cetera. So they are moving in this direction, but it may not be the right direction. It's almost like moving away from... Uh, um, gas for some sort of nuclear, I mean, uh, what would you call it, some sort of green windmill-based gas or windmill, I mean, that doesn't exist, but I'm saying some sort of windmill-based energy over the energy that we may have locally and available in abundance. It's almost like a, what do you call it, like a Mephistophelian trap, you know, to, to go on aesthetics with everything and go, well, this kind of car looks like a nicer type of car and breathes like a nicer type of car, so therefore, but then you you shoot yourself in the foot because you may have a much more local ability 
with your own resources to do something which gives a much greater industry to the world and not like just a negative industry but also like commerce and um, capitalism and the ability to 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 have energy for industrial needs otherwise you know China can just come over here and take us over if we third world our energy needs down to wind power you know with the expenses with the expensive nature of wind power like it's impossible so you have to stay um, you know when there's a lot of forces opposed opposed to you like there isn't any wherever the, the the power is concentrated you're always going to have forces opposing that place when it was france under napoleon when it was germany under hitler wherever this power rises up there's forces everywhere and so those forces would love to see america third world its energy and then just take that over so all of these things have to be understood we can't be um um, Philistine or even worse than that, I guess, junior high or elementary school or something about it um, and just try to wish it all away with some sort of green energy laws. So this is just my podcast on trying to help people figure out what's actually in the air and what's actually causing the damage and how it could be increased in their their area. For example, here in LA, I've noticed a huge increase lately. I mean, are they trying to increase the coronavirus cases through through the hypoxia caused uh which which lowers lung condition? Um are they building 5G towers around different types of nursing homes and other areas where they can ensure such such hypoxia through multiple means? Uh I don't know. I'm just postulating possibilities but what i have noticed is that right now in the last few days i've never seen my meter be so high i haven't been able i've had to keep my air q iq air filtration on four or five sometimes just to get the particulates back down to four zero to where i can uh, know that there's nothing in the air and that wasn't like that before so things are getting worse and so it could be summer it could be you know people say cars coming back and there's a lot of people that yeah so i could be completely just uh, i i hope they're right um but it could also be um an increase uh in the the smelting operations and an increase in um in uh in local um uh, proliferation of this aluminum into the air. This can be done and it could be controlled quite easily, um, especially during these periods. You know, the, the production can increase and there can be um, ways to, to um, well, of course, people are always using aluminum anyway, right? So there's always a market for it. Um, but um, having these things increase at given periods and then just stay increased um, is also possible and also contaminates the air on top of everything else so if you're trying to figure out how it's possible to do these things at a big level not just chemtrails and planes flying over but even locally these things can be turned up and not be noticed um, and you could say well wouldn't the incinerator have an obligation to limit you know the aluminum particles being able to go out into the environment yes there would be some controls on that those controls may also be um, lifted during a, uh, a national emergency 
you know, to build for infrastructure, for things that need, you know, that's very easy. They already passed a law. They already were allowing food producers to switch out ingredients because certain ingredients may not be available during this period because of shipping and different things. So they said, well, you can switch out um, canola oil or sunflower oil or whatever for soy oil, or you can, and you don't have to label it because that will come back on, you know, this is in a tight period where you can do this without having to change your whole production, you know. You, you got like a candy bar out there and it's going to be out there for six or six months before, you know, while these changes are happening, you're not going to have time to change the writing on the package anyway. So, so that's their, their argument. And so they're, so knowing what they can do during these type of crisis, you shouldn't put it past them that it's possible to lower those standards or, uh, suspend them, uh, to, in order for the greater good of, you know, building these 5G towers or the infrastructure project or whatever it is, however they've packaged it and sold it and, and, um, you know, security measures or whatever it is. So I think that that's what's happening now. I can't be sure. And I'm open to the fact that it's not it. And I hope it's not because I would like to have a, a more secure life here. But, um, otherwise I'll have to start thinking about leaving. And, um, but, um, just so you know, there is a way that it can be done. And that's what I'm here to expose to you. So anyway, one of the most important products for aluminum uh, in the world is magnesium. A high magnesium levels in the body. This is a full disclosure because this is what we sell at our website. But um, but it is important, so I do say it. And we do have studies on the site about aluminum absorption, uh, um, aluminum detoxification through the hair. And um, I think they took urine and hair samples. And so the the aluminum detoxifies once we start this process of 12 weeks um, on the transdermal magnesium if it's a high quality and glass bottles, which is what we have. There's a lot of fake Zechstein stuff out there. We have the real thing. Most brands dilute. They chemically uh, treat. They solvent extract or they use cheap plastic, inexpensive plastics, um, and uh, we do not. So we're the real thing. Uh, coming from the original city, Vindam, Holland, where this natural salt pillow formation called the Zechstein actually is. It can't be recreated elsewhere, although in Asia they do try to sell Zechstein products to America, uh, pretending that they come from the Zechstein, when in truth they just use the, the uh, geological era of time called Zechstein and Permian to hide the true origins, which are from Tibetan mining operations. And exploitation. So um, get the right stuff and start detoxifying this stuff from your body. Start with the head. You can put it on the head and let it come through. It'll help to detoxify the aluminum out of the system, but you need to do it for three to six months every day. And you'll feel it doing other things on the body. And high magnesium levels are pretty much uh, correlated with health. Uh, there's hundreds of studies showing that cancer and inflammation and all these other things are low magnesium realities and are always bettered by magnesium, high magnesium levels, intracellular levels. So now you know you have the wisdom to, 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 to move forward and uh, start there. Start with magnesium and work your way on down to the other deficiencies. This is uh, explained in other podcasts for, come, uh, called the Threefold Remedy. 
Uh, come check us out at theheartoftradition.com.